Hello and welcome to the Royal Ascot Players Pod. And this is for the Wednesday. Unfortunately, I am not in the UK and I shall not be attending Royal Ascot. Sorely missed the action, the car park parties, dressing up. It is a spectacle to behold and I'll wholeheartedly recommend anyone interested to venture over one day. Hopefully, you know, when COVID is well and truly over and we're allowed to travel back and forth uh, to other continents again. Nonetheless, I am joined by a Royal Ascot expert in Gina Bryce. So without further ado, let's kick off Wednesday's card. Gina, it's such a pleasure to catch up with you. It's been a while, but I know you have a busy week ahead of you. How will you be involved during this year's Royal Ascot? Yeah, Naomi, cannot wait. Um, Obviously, as you well know, it's such an exciting week for us broadcasting on this side of the pond. And I'm going to be working for Sky Sports Racing all week, mainly doing um, the build up in the morning, the preview shows, the form analysis on the way into the meeting. And then the good news is I'll then be able to go and enjoy it in the afternoon. So I've got kind of a dream week ahead, uh, really looking forward to it. And obviously, it's been a while since any of us have been on track with crowds. And there's 12,000 people allowed in the gates every single day this week which doesn't sound very many when you're used to kind of 50 60 70 thousand a day Mm -hmm. at Royal Ascot but in the circumstances it's a a test pilot event to get crowds back on race courses and it'll just be brilliant to actually have some atmosphere for once absolutely and and yeah well you're right it might not be the normal number but I think it was similar to I I attended the Belmont Stakes and there were about 11,000 people on course as well normally that's up to like fifty-five thousand. it still felt that like you know you were there there were lots of people everyone is was enjoying themselves so certainly enough to look forward to uh, i was asking you beforehand and i think you pulled up the weather report how are we looking in terms of the going for this week So we've had pretty unprecedented hot weather in the last few days, which has been pretty nice, especially because none of us can go on holiday at the moment. So that's ideal. Um, But it means that we've got pretty fast ground to start the meeting, Naomi. It's currently good, good to firm in... um, places there's the quickest part is on the straight track at the moment between the six furlong and the junction with the round course so that's right at the top of the straight track there what the forecast is for this week is is fast conditions really hot temperatures for the tuesday and wednesday and then they're actually due quite significant rain later on in the week how much hits the track how much gets in we're not too sure at this stage but i think largely the rule of thumb as I've been going through the form is fast ground horses for the first two days and then maybe look at those that like to get their toe in towards the end of the week so it's a kind of you know typical British forecast changeable all the way (laughs) it's it's an interesting forecast and obviously one that we always keep a close eye on because it's so significant in terms of how the turf going plays and in a way in, in the US we look at it too but we're so much used to racing on these faster turf courses uh, sort of you know y- your firmer goings in comparison to what some of the u.s horses that are coming over to rascal this year might encounter in the uk because of course uh, we're going to start with the queen mary stakes is the first race on the wednesday for two-year-old fillies is a group two over five furlongs and we have wesley ward in there he's coming over with i think nine horses in total including seven two-year-olds and I dare say he would like the ground to be a little bit faster wouldn't he yeah absolutely I mean he's he's starting to bring over a a slightly different type of horse I think Campanelle last year 
and um, there was a few others before that that were really the turning point where he started sourcing horses at Tattersalls in the UK. So you get these Great Britain and Irish bred horses now, um, Twilight Gleaming and the Queen Mary being one of those. So probably less dependent on the on the real firm surface that we saw the likes of Strike the Tiger burning up the turf on and Lady Aurelia as well, though she's handled a bit of dig in the ground. So I think there's probably a bit more flexibility with these horses now. But as you say, um, he's got a really strong team again this year, nine horses in total. Um, he's had 11 winners over the years and really he's he's kind of the the most exciting facet, if you like, to Royal Ascot this year, because usually we, we welcome lots of international runners. It's quite a depleted field this year, but really good news that Wesley's um, bringing a, a really strong team. And obviously we've seen him dominate in the juvenile races in years gone by. And in particular, this is a race that he's really made his own, hasn't he? Campanelle winning last year, Acapulco, and then Lady Aurelia, probably one of the, the kind of one for the ages in this race um, a good few years ago now. So Twilight Gleaming, you probably would have more light to shed on on the form of of this horse's two starts uh, one on the dirt and one on the turf so I guess that's a real positive that she stretched out a little bit further at Belmont uh, on the turf um, which just gives you know as we know it's five furlongs at Ascot but that is a five furlongs that takes some getting in comparison to you know a speed favoring five furlongs maybe in the US um, so that's going to be a, a positive for her chances um, Wesley Ward's always notoriously open and honest with the press and he said that she's sound hardy and really come forward for her work so that's obviously a real positive as well and she's she is a, an Irish bred horse I think I think she was sourced over here um, 75,000 at, at the Goffsdale in Ireland so you know she I think she's got lots in her favour I'll just give you a couple though Naomi at bigger prices because if we're going to pile into every favourite today um, we're probably not going to get get rich so there's a couple of fillies that no, I'm really I like it yeah let's let's go for the big price one in particular who's actually my yeah. nap in this is a filly called illustrating now you'll be familiar with the um, trainer Carl Burke he's an excellent trainer based up in the north of England and he always kind of manages to fire in one or two good ones every year notably the likes of um, Dan Dalla won at this meeting last year um, he's had uh, some group one fillies over the years um, Odalise and um, uh, the actual uh, a horse that he's compared this horse to um, whose name has now escaped me his good sprinter um, quite reflection quite reflection so this is a filly called illustrating yeah. for Carl Burke who he's been speaking of in the same breath as quite reflection he said she's every bit as fast at this early stage of her career look she's only run, wow. run once she was impressive because she probably wasn't quite fit and tuned up but he wanted to get a prep run in pre-Royal Ascot she won that Really looked nicely, nice the way she kind of quickened and, and went past the runner up that day, covering a bit of, she had to make up a bit of ground to, to get on top, top. And she did just that. Um, that was on good to firm ground. So she's going to relish that fast ground. And I think she could be a real springer in there at 12 to 1. The other filly who jumped off the page to me as well is one at an even bigger price called Desert Dreamer, who lines up for Stuart Williams. She's two from two so far. She's looked really impressive. She's bred to have a little bit of class and to also go a little bit further, but she's quite mm -hmm. a keen, buzzy filly. So I think that's why they've opted to run her over the minimum trip here today. They'll probably go out front with her, which could give Twilight Gleaming a, a little bit to think about. And she could just get away with it over this trip. She's about around about 14 to 1 over here. Stuart Williams and Oshie Murphy, Desert Dreamer. Uh, she could be another one at a biggish price. But I, I really think Illustrating is is probably a group one sprinting filly and, and a, another good one for, for Carl Burke. 
um, in that first race. I love your pickup on the 11 because I actually had her circled as well because I thought she carried herself through the field from mid-pack with so much natural ability and that there's perhaps more improvement left so it's really encouraging to hear from you that you thought maybe she wasn't completely cranked up for it yet that that to me means she's certainly worth a a closer look at 12 to 1 for sure I'll quickly mention the other U.S. uh, trained filly in here Artos who shot from the gate at Churchill Downs and but wasn't actually as fast as some of the others on her outside, but she held her position. And, and I think Leperu had to use her a little bit to kind of go forward. And then I thought she had just, it was kind of a crazy race in that last start. She has two starts. She looks done and she's on the rail and they're all overtaking her. And all of a sudden she switches back out. She comes again and she wins mm-hmm. against one of Wesley Ward's two-year-olds as well. So I thought, wow, that's showed a little bit of professionalism that you know you don't always see just yet with these uh, young fillies but as we want to keep this short we'll move along to the second race on the card which is the group two queens vase over a mile and six furlong i mean we don't see those kind of distances that frequently in the united states this is for the three-year-old and there are a couple of lighter raced lighter raced individuals in here as well of course i guess we have to start with your current favorite right the number 14 wordsworth yeah that's the favorite for aiden o'brien he's got uh, i think three in the field and it's not a surprise um, that an aiden o'brien trained horse is the favorite for this and, and and the others are dominant in the market as well because he's absolutely dominated this race he's won it uh, i think six times in the last eight years, um, eight wins overall. Um, he's really got a great record in the race um, and won it with good horses. This race changed shape in 2017. They they reduced the distance down to this, as you say, staying trip, one mile, six furlongs, and also made it group two. It was upgraded to group two status. So as a result, you get some really high quality horses in here. Stradivarius won this, a subsequent three-time gold cup winner, a ledger winner, Q Gardens. Um, Santiago won it for Aidan O'Brien. He was an Irish Derby winner. So you're looking at kind of future stars, if you like. Now, Wordsworth, um, he's a solid favourite. Um, he was a bit disappointing last time because he was backed to to win at Navan in a listed race. And he was beaten by his stablemate, Sir Lucan, who was seemingly lesser fancied. Um, at that stage, I think that's when they thought, well, we're not going to take this horse to the Derby then because he was you know, being touted as one of those middle distance derby horses at that stage. To my mind, he looked as if as if potentially he was outstayed on the day. So that's maybe a little bit of a concern going up in trip here. And I just think there's 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 question marks over over both the Aiden O'Brien trained horses. There's also got Arturo Toscanini in there, who I think would prefer a little bit of cut in the ground. Um, his only bad run came at Newmarket on really fast ground on his second start. So, you know, with the prospect fast conditions, that's going to be a worry. So you're looking at maybe something quite unexposed. Joseph O'Brien taking up the mantle from his father. He's got ruling in there, who's definitely got more to come stepping up in trip. And he's got quite a nice pedigree, um, you know, for this sort of staying contest by Camelot out of a, a German Oaks winner. So that screams um, staying blood. And the one that's flung out to me to mention, Naomi, is the six horse here, Kamari, who is a very expensive uh, purchase, well, in the context of normal people, but perhaps for Godolphin, just the, the standard average <laughs> 400,000 guineas. Um, but it's a, a well-bred <laughs> horse, as you can imagine, um, for Charlie Appleby has just had the two runs and look, he could do no more than win impressively at Yarmouth last time. It wasn't a strong race, but he won by six lengths. He's going to step up in trip again here, but he's got lots of 
da- uh, stamina in the dam side, handled the fast ground that day. I just think there's going to be a big step forward from this horse again. And um, he's also drawn in stall three. It's just worth mentioning over a mile and six, people think, well, the draw is, is of no consequence, but actually you're quite quick into a bend uh, over a mile and six. So you kind of want to be drawn low and close to the rail and Kamari might just get a good passage through from mm-hmm. stall three. And I think it's probably, you know, probably worth a, a shout at a bigger price there. He's around nine to one. Yeah, 91, certainly a good price to get on board with. Actually, I had a slight interest. I don't know if you can tell me more. I think this horse is a little bit more exposed than some of the others in here. Dancing King, the number three, who's drawn in gate one for Mark Johnson, Franny Norton. He went over a mile and six and a half, and he won carrying nine stone seven. He's going to only carry nine stone this time. And his last half furlong was where he did his best work in the entire race and I just thought well if we don't like any of these favorites perhaps go with a horse that's 11 to 1. Yeah he's the other one that I'd flagged up actually so it's a good pick from you because he's so progressive (laughs) and he's just such a typical Mark Johnson horse. Mark Johnson's actually got a very good record in this race further back in the history of the race. Um, He obviously has a good record with stayers in general but this horse is really progressive as you say his best run was when stepped up to this sort of trip. He's very much um earned his chance to to step up to group two level now he is more exposed as you say but he's going to be rock hard tough fit and he's in great form coming into this so i certainly wouldn't put anyone off him either he's kind of the the solid horse and he's drawn low as well i mean he comes in here on the back of four wins now no not at this level but he really hasn't done anything wrong he just keeps turning off of course for a very strong trainer in mark johnston as well race number three is 3 40 p.m local time duke of cambridge stakes group two over a mile four-year-olds and up phillies and mez and of course there is another heavy favorite in here I might as well start with lady both or do it if i said that correctly i mean she's She's held her own against the boys in her last effort in the group one locking. She was second there and she was well clear of the rest of the field. And I just kind of quickly glanced at it. I thought there were a couple of good horses in there. Lord Glitters, who was the group one Jebel Hatta winner. And she was a group two Dahlia Stakes winner before that. So in a way, I, I can see her being a very sort of justifiable favorite in here. Very much so. I interviewed William Jarvis earlier this week and he was really buoyed with confidence that she's taken a big step forward this year as a five-year-old. She looks to be really improving. Um, she One of her standout performances came at Ascot last season, actually, um, in a, a Group 3 contest, I think it was, in July last year. Now, it came on similar kind of ground and she was really impressive that day to kick on, sort of winning by four lengths. But it actually came on the... Uh, uh, round course on that occasion and they're on the straight course for this mile so I think William's thoughts were he'd rather it was on the round course so she could come round the bend but I don't think there'd be any concern she's run well at Newmarket over the mile before um, as you said in the Dahlia stakes she run really well uh, there on good to firm conditions so she's got so much in her favour I mean the fact that she got as close as she did albeit you know it was an easy victory for Palace Pier in the Lockinge last time and that is a standout piece of form in the in the context of this race there's another one though as always we've got to give one at a bigger price so the one I was looking out for based largely on the ground conditions although she's won on good to firm lady Bothorpe 
there was a, a, a kind of suggestion from William Jarvis that he'd have preferred to see just a drop of rain around just um, to kind of ease up conditions slightly. Unlike um, Double or Bubbles trainer Chris Wall, who'll be delighted with the way things have turned out to Ascot because she is a really unexposed good filly. She's around 12 to 1 here. The trainer's never had a Royal Ascot winner, but he's a very, very good trainer, particularly of fillies. And this horse was... Um, in handicap company last time at Newmarket, won really impressively. She's taken a step forward every time she's run. Um, that came on. Um, she was she was a winner here at, on the straight course over seven furlongs. So she we know she's going to handle the track at Ascot. That's a real positive. She loved the ground. Stepping up to a mile the way she was staying on last time will be no problem for her at all, and pedigree wise as well. I just thought she's one that's she she almost looks like an ideal miler she's got a real turn of foot she can really kick on and show speed but she's also got the ability to to stay through the line so I think this race will be set up perfectly for her she's very unexposed hence why she's 12 to 1 I just think things have fallen in her favor here so Lady Bothorp yes she's going to be a tough favorite to beat but if there's one to take her on with it might well be double or bubble I love your prize picks because I had her circled as well. I like that we're kind of seeing this similarly. That makes me feel good that I can still kind of look through the European yeah, form. It's all or bust, isn't it? We're yeah. going to take each other down. It's We're going all in or, you know, it's going to be a desperate week for both of us. Oh, absolutely. I, I did want to mention quickly the number 11 parents prayer as well for our trainer, Archie Watson and Holly Doyle. She was the Princess Elizabeth Stakes victress and she's a front runner. And I know that she wasn't challenged that day and kind of got the, the run of the race and now going to go back to um, the mile. She went, I think, mile and a half furlong last time. But I just thought that she's kind of progressed quite nicely for of course a trainer who you know who has done pretty well I don't know if you have any thoughts on the number 11 parents prayer yeah I think I think she would have been definitely one to throw in the mix had they got a bit of rain at Ascot because mm. the majority of her form has come she's one on good ground up air um her maiden um back at the back in the summer last year but largely they've kept her to soft ground she's even one on uh, quite heavy conditions so I think that's probably a concern with her but you know she's she, as you say she's progressive she's she's from a trainer that um that has done really well teaming up with Holly Doyle and and Ad Ascot as well so um she's certainly got positives if she can handle the ground yeah, and up next is the big one the group one Prince of Wales's stakes now this is not a large field if you think about you know the quality though looking at these horses I'm kind of going okay where do you start in this field because you've got an incredibly talented filly returning in love the number seven for Aidan O'Brien Ryan Moore is set to ride but she's been off for about what is it eight months how do how do we rate her going into this and, and and how do we you know as handicappers and even just as fans like what do we make of that because you know I haven't seen her in a while yeah really long absence to overcome and to be honest your guess is as good as mine this is really d-day for her isn't it i mean yes mm -hmm. you could give her the benefit of the doubt that if she does get beaten um this week maybe she wasn't fully tuned up but but look they've had chance to get a prep run into her presumably they've opted to come straight here she's one of those fillies that you know, she was so impressive and so dominant in her performances last year that you're that you're left scratching your head almost as to was it real? And this year is going to be the kind of proof in the pudding and the veracity of just how good she was. She was a brilliant winner of the 1000 guineas at Newmarket, went on to win the Oaks so impressively again. And then the Yorkshire Oaks 
in the summer, which was, you know, not the strongest field. Um, she was very much touted for a pre de l'Arc de Triomphe um, intended start at the end of the season. Missed that due to the soft, heavy ground that day. She'll get the ground to suit her here. I guess the question mark, A, the, the, the absence and, and perhaps the veracity of the form last year. Look, going back through her races, there wasn't necessarily the strength in depth of those fillies behind her, but all she could do was absolutely annihilate them by multiple lengths. So I, I think it's hard to even question that having you know, seen how good she's looked last year. Um, that said, she's not coming back in an easy race, Naomi. It's going to be tough for her because she's up against a really uh, solid performer in Lord North and, um, you know, a horse who really thrives at this time of year, a horse who won this race last year. Um, people have questioned the veracity of the form, but he beat a horse in the day who we know is, you know, a group one performer. He beat Barney Roy, he beat Japan, who's a real solid group horse, Raiden O'Brien as well. And he was really impressive that day, the way he sort of quickened clear. Um, it was actually the largest winning margin, I think, since 2008 in this race. So it was a really dominant performance. So he's got everything in his favour with regards to track, with regards to uh, ground, with regards to his prep run. He was very impressive last time out in the Dubai turf over at Maidan. Um, and he just really seems to thrive at this time of year. I think he's had some excuses towards the back end with some defeats that he subsequently suffered at the end of last year. Um, but I, I don't think he has any of those concerns coming into this. And he's he's going to be a formidable rival to her. And we should also mention Armory. I mean, there's strength in depth in this field. Armory is, mm-hmm. um, you know, a horse who looked better than ever when he returned this season as a four-year-old at Chester. And he could just be one that, that takes a, another step forward this year. Yeah, Armory to me, looking, he's got that race under his belt in comparison to some of the others in here that haven't. I know Lord North, of course, comes in here with a fair few races under his belt. Now, I'm going against Lord North. I didn't like him at Keeneland. Yeah. He got, well, he got, you know, he ran okay. He didn't, you know, he didn't run terribly, but, you know, the form coming into that, I questioned a little bit. And then, so I didn't, so I went against him at Maidan. Of course, I talked him into the winner's circle straight away there. He won by three but I just looking through the form of that race, I'm not sure how good that race was. Now he did win convincingly. Yeah. So as you mentioned, you know, if it isn't that strong, then they should do incredibly well. And that's what he did. But I'm, I'm kind of taking a stand against Lord North. I have more interest in the number one army. And then of course, Adaria, who I absolutely loved in the Philly and Mare turf at the Breeders' Cup, which he did uh, beat Rushing Fall, who's a, champion turf mare here in the US and then she was third behind Tarnawa in um, the Prix de l'Opera before then of course Tanara came back and won the British Cup turf she's also had a break but I I like her in here I think Adari would be a very interesting fit I don't know if you heard anything about how she's going at present yeah I think they've been I think they've been really pleased with her my only argument with Odaria I think by the end of the season it will be all change with these horses you know because Mm -hmm. I think as you say Odaria really thrived towards the end of the year last year um, with those brilliant performances including the Breeders Cup Armoury I think is is probably the biggest danger and I'd agree with you there because he's race fit he's coming in on the crest of a wave Um, I think he's taken a step forward from three to four and he he's the one that I've been hearing quite a lot of confidence behind um, in in various previews leading up to the week Um, look love is one of those that your guess is as good as mine and people are always keen to take on Lord North by the end of the season I'd agree with you I'd be taking him on but I think at this time of year 
and based on what he did at this meeting last year, I think he's probably got things in his favour this year. Frankie Dettori on board for the Gosden team. And that's why he's the favourite. Oh, this is so interesting, this race. This is this is hard hard to, to pick, to be honest. Like I, I'm trying to figure out who to go, but I might just, after listening to you, might just gonna give a slight nod to Armory here, just because it seems like he's improving. And I can I continue going against Lord North. So we'll see how that how that fares. Uh, let's move on to the Royal Hunt Cup uh, set to go at 5 p.m. local time over a mile. And there are a fair few runners in here. I must admit, going through this, I was like, oh God, where where do I end up? So I'll let you lead the way with a horse or two in here. Okay, huge field, hugely tricky, as you well know, an absolute lottery. A um, few stats for you. Um, the four-year-olds seem to have a very good record in this. A couple of key races coming into this on the straight course. Uh, other races run here at Ascot, the Britannia and the Victoria Cup, real key races. High draw is usually considered to be favourable on the straight course. And just looking through the field, it looks like there's quite a bit of pace drawn on both flanks. So right out on the low drawn numbers and on the really high numbers. But I think it probably pays, just looking at the results of recent years, to stick to those high drawn horses and look, the ones that, that that stand out, well, we've got a really solid favourite profile-wise in Finest Sounds. I should probably mention him first. He was second in the Britannia last year, so a key race um, at last year's meeting, an excellent prep for this. Um, he's subsequently gone on to win at Haydock really well. He'll get the ground to suit. He's very solid, but he's drawn right bang in the middle in stall nine. So his jockey, Andrea Zini, is going to have to have his wits about him to get into a good position. You've got a horse like Hakiki who's drawn um, drawn 21. So he's high for the John Gosden team. Again, he's got the form at the course, but he was a little bit disappointing last time. And I guess that might just be a little bit of note of caution at the price that he is because he's quite short. So let's get on to the ones that I do like. Um, Astro King was the one that really stood out to me. Um, Forster Michael Stout and Ryan Moore. He loves fast ground. He's drawn as high as can be in stall 27. He ran an excellent race. You'll see there's a three next to his name last time out. He finished third in the Thirst Cunt Cup. So a very similar race to this, but run up at Thirsk in the north of England. Um, He very much was an eye catcher that day, doing his best work late on to come through the line well, sort of screaming as a horse that was a a classic Sir Michael Stout improver with lots more to come um, and lots of juice in that handicap mark still, which is what you want for this sort of race. So Astro King was the one that really stood out to me. I think he's had a perfect prep for this. To throw in another that's drawn high, a horse called Brunch uh, for Michael Dodds, who's uh, quite a shrewd sort of northern-based trainer. That horse has been notching up some really good performances to suggest that um, his winning turn is near whether his winning turn comes in the 30 run or a hunt cup i'm not so sure but i think i fancy him to run a big race from from his draw and the other one i quite liked was beat le bon but he's drawn low right down in stall two which has just tempered my enthusiasm slightly but holly doyle's on board richard hannon he's back down to a really nice handicap mark a mark he's he won a big handicap like this off at goodwood um, a couple of years ago and I just think he's sort of lurking there dangerously but the draw in two does just temper enthusiasm slightly um, but but worth a few quid at 25 to 1 isn't it? No oh, absolutely but this is the race that you want to be playing those longer odds because there's so many horses here that's you know even if your horse places you can still walk away with some money if you place an each way bet. I had a slight bit of interest in number 18 fame and acclaim I think he's about 22 to 1. So 
solid numbers in his last two starts and was only beaten by a neck two starts back and then by half a length before that, both at the Cura. The problem is perhaps he he's a bit flexible. That was on heavy ground last time and that was on good going before that. So I'm hoping he's not too uh, ground dependent, but just thought he was interesting. But it says here he's drawn in 32 and I'm thinking, well, there's only 30 runners. So I don't know if that's like just a, a mistype here on my form or something. Did, did we have a couple scratches in here already? I, I don't know. There's I'm, reserves in. So I think, mm, yeah, I think the full field would be 30, but we've got yeah. 33 in there at the moment. So uh, Well, he's drawn yeah, high, right. that's for sure. Yeah, he'll be high, whatever. So yeah, good spot to be in. And uh, as we'll finish things off, just with the Windsor at Castle says who's trying to stay within a certain mark of time here with this Ascot players pod. That Windsor Castle, two-year-olds, always a lot of fun with these, of course, a big field as well, five furlong the distance. So do have, you know, a couple American runners in here too, a Golden Bell for Wesley Ward, uh, as well as Ruthin for Wesley Ward. And I think you mentioned something about remembering seeing Ruthin at the Yearning Sales. Yeah, I was a big fan of this horse. You know, you have that moment when you're sat there kind of half asleep waiting to do a few interviews at Tattersall's, which oh, I know yeah. you know well, but that's, <laughs> you know, my job. I usually interview people after the big ones sell. And I remember just seeing this this filly go around the ring and just, what is that? She just absolutely floated around there like a cat. Um, she's a, a daughter of Ribchester, who was a sire I was quite a fan of. He's by Ifraj himself, first season sire. Um, that I was kind of keeping a close eye on. I just thought, wow, that is a standout filly. Lo and behold, um, my other half, Alex Elliott, who's a bloodstock agent, ended up getting outbid on the filly um, by a certain Ben McElroy, um, with the filly then bound for Wesley Ward and, and Stone Street Stables. So I've been quite a keen follower of her of her career and was really impressed, albeit you know, <clears throat> slightly uh, thinking she'd improve for that first run at Keeneland where she was still quite inexperienced but winning by six lengths uh, beating Artos who's obviously <clears throat> Frank the form since as you mentioned when talking about the Queen Mary I thought everything pointed to this filly being you know a real turn up for the books and was looking forward to seeing her at Royal Ascot now I'm still looking forward to seeing her in this race and the fact that she's been quite strong in the market is a real positive because I think reading between the lines of Wesley's comments Probably after her start at Keeneland, she was being touted as a Queen Mary filly, which is considered to be the better race and the one that he tends to target with his better fillies. He's maybe not seen the improvement that he would have wanted to with this filly since she shipped or perhaps um, in her workouts prior to coming over here. And he's opted for the Windsor Castle, which look, is traditionally the weakest of all the two-year-old races this week. Um, as a result, it's hard to find winners. You get a lot of double-figure odds. Eight from the last 15 winners have, have come at, at big prices. So maybe it pays to look beyond the favourite. She's still a filly that, I, that I'm a big fan of. I'll be really interested to see her in the paddock um, beforehand. Um, and so if you're going to look a little bit further down, saying that it's it's pretty difficult to try and uh, get a handle on on any of these. The, the horse that I did really like in this field, Twilight Jet, goes for the Norfolk now on Friday. So do look out for that one if if he turns up later in the week for Michael O'Callaghan. But look, you know more about um, Golden Bell than me. Um, the other uh, Wesley runner, she's a, a slightly bigger price on our books here. So you know, perhaps we don't just know as much about her or have, have been as impressed with with what we've seen of her. Um, probably a horse who, I guess, has got the experience that might take another step forward could be Tipperary Sunset for John Quinn, who's just had two runs so far and she's won both of them. She looks a real sort of speedy, hard-knocking sort, which you often see winning this sort of race. But to be honest, Naomi, it is really tough. And I think 
maybe maybe I'll have to stick with the favourite despite the stats telling me I shouldn't just because she really was that one that piqued my interest at Tattersall's a year ago. Yeah, I like your price play though. Tipperary Sunset, the number 24, 12 to 1. You were mentioning that it's it's tough to get a handle on these two-year-olds and, and this Colt hasn't done anything wrong at all yet. And that last race, winning by three-quarter length, I, I think he got like a racing post racing of 101 for that, which for a two-year-old is exactly kind of what you want to look for in this race in comparison to, of course, some of the other two-year-old figures. So I like that pickup. And indeed, Golden Bell uh, raced at Kena. That was a dirt debut, four and a half furlongs, so not turf. I prefer to have seen them with a turf run, but then again, she was very, very fast and, and determined and, and bested them by five and a quarter length. And, you know, still trained by Wesley Ward, who is very strong at Royal Ascot. And Johnny Velasquez is going to be riding the majority of them. And, and Johnny is just such a terrific rider. I'm, I'm so excited that uh, he's he's coming over. Certainly, if you ever get the chance to interview him, Gina, he's absolutely wonderful. He'll tell you everything you need to know about the horses and his experience. So, But that's going to do it for us uh, this morning. Gina, do you have a, a best bet for us to close things out strongly? It's a tough one, isn't it? Always tough to find winners at Royal Ascot. But I think the filly that's really on my radar that I think probably just... Um, snuck under other people's radar, which is the key when you're when you're trying to find a best bet. Might well be illustrating in the first race. I know I've got to take on the might of the US uh, Raiders um, from the Wesley Ward stable, but I think Carl Burke's really been speaking up the chances of this filly. She certainly looks like she's going to be a future Group One winner. Whether she'll be ready for this test, I think it's worth taking a chance, isn't it? At Eleven to one in our opening race. Certainly, that is the number 11 in the Queen Mary. Gina, thank you so much and good luck this week. Very exciting. Thanks so much. That will do it for us for the Wednesday. I'll be back again to cover all the Friday action as well. And as usual, tune in to all the different shows provided to you by In The Money Media. Good luck. Good luck.